Listening to AAAD presents Good Trouble, a space for interdisciplinary conversations related to academic engagements with Black knowledges, histories, arts, cultures, peoples, politics, and ideas. This podcast is sponsored by the JMU African African American and Diaspora Studies Center. Hello, and welcome to this episode of AAAD presents Good Trouble. I'm Megan, and I'm joined by co-host and AAAD graduate assistant Morgan Lyle. On today's episode, we'll be discussing JMU's first anti-racism gen ed with the professors of the course, Drs. Allison Fagans, Amy Lewis, Tolu Odomosu, and Kara Whaley. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. This should be fun. Could you all start us off by telling us a little bit about how this class came to be and what the class is? Well, I'll uh, start off um, um, by uh, describing how I heard about the class, um, because I believe that um, in addition to faculty members um, uh, desiring a a class like this, um, there was also quite a bit of fervor between the students, particularly Black students, that um, desired to have um, a class like this, and they also have created um, their own um, class uh, as well that uh, addresses uh, issues regarding race um, and um, issues regarding um, um, gen ed here at JMU. And so I was asked to um, um there was already movement with regards to uh, this class forming. And, um, you know, when I was asked to be part of this course, um, it was around the time when students was were about to start, um, uh, they were about to start, uh, I guess, um, signing up for classes. And so, you know, it was really quick in trying to establish the purpose of the class, who's going to uh, be co-facilitators and um, and who, and like basically how are we going to uh, attract students to this class? Um, but when I became a part of it, I believe, um, Allison and Tolu and Care were already kind of were kind of in place, and I was happy to uh, also be part of it. Um, but I mean, it, it was just a really exciting opportunity. So I was approached by uh, the AAAD um, to think about uh, participating in an X Labs course. In the previous semester, I'd done some work with the X Labs. And so I was told that, you know, there's this great opportunity. The X-Labs is trying to put together a class to think about uh, integrating gen ed uh, with concepts around uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And because it was an X-Labs class, it was meant to be a project-based uh, uh, design thinking sort of class. And I would get the opportunity to work with uh, some amazing colleagues from all across campus. 
So that's how the class was presented to me. Um, I did not have the context of being relatively new to JMU as I am, of understanding all the work that uh, uh, the Black Student Alliance, uh, amongst many other student groups, had already done to prime uh, the environment for this class. Uh, but I, I learned that in the process of doing this and in the process of putting the class together uh, with Alice and Amy and Cara and working with them uh, over the summer to sort of think about what the structure of the class would be and how to conceptualize it within uh, within JMU. So I, I came in uh, as a uh, in response to a request from uh, uh, the AAAD program uh, and decided to work with, with X-Labs. I would just add too that um, for me at least, like if we back it up even further, I think that um, the events over the summer of 2020 really catalyzed a lot of things um, on campus. We saw the you know, movement to change the names of some buildings on campus, um, but we were also hearing from students and faculty and staff that that, that that was just a beginning and that we needed to commit to more structural change. And so when I heard about the chance to think about general education and the, that program, which serves all of our students or almost all of our students here at JMU, and to think about the structures that um, that prevent um, or sort of uh, actively inhibit uh, folks from engaging with questions of diversity and equity and inclusion and justice, um, it felt like a really meaningful step to take. Um, you know, in the age of sort of uh, issuing letters and <laughs> uh, sharing Facebook posts and things like that. It felt like something concrete. Um, and it also felt like an opportunity to be in a space where everybody was going to be invited to the table. Um, I think that's one of the things I really admired about the beginning of our process together when the four of us got together, as well as some other people who helped us organize the class, that we were all on the same page as far as making sure that this was about students not just having a voice but recognizing um recognizing the the significance of that voice um and as well as right recognizing the ways that we would have to negotiate with all different kinds of stakeholders um so you know for me that that uh opportunity to commit to something concrete and and uh, the possibility of making some kinds of structural change that I think would be all to the good at JMU was really appealing to me. Um, and then the bonus was that I got to work with really amazing people. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I was just really honored to be part of this collaboration with students who had been advocating for a while for a change. Um, you know, I think 2020, as Allison pointed out, was a really important moment, but there's really been decades of activism on campus um, to, w among both faculty and students, um, you know, really working to ensure that our curriculum <laughs> is more just and inclusive um, and, and also ensuring that every student who comes to JMU graduates with the knowledge um, and ability to really reimagine um, what 
our society looks like, what our democracy looks like. And, and so for me, this was a really exciting opportunity. I think Allison put it so well in terms of you know, being able to take a concrete action. And I just um, also wanted to point out that we had a really key window of opportunity with our gen ed program undergoing uh, a program review. And so that was really important. And AAAD worked with um, Dr. Meg Mulrooney um, uh, and with Nick Swain and X Labs to really set the stage to make this possible for all of us to come together. Um, and and you know I think something else that's unique is that it really focused on change here at campus. You all, I think, have talked about this a little bit, but I was wondering if you would um, go into what was your goal in creating this course? Um, what did you expect the students to get out of this course and um, the gen ed program in general as you were talking about? Well, that's a, that's a great question. I don't think I had, at least to my mind, I'll speak for myself, it wasn't really a goal for what the course could do as much as it was an invitation to partner with students to consider all the various possibilities for intervention in higher ed pedagogy at JMU, particularly in the Gen Ed program. So for me, it was, well, I'm gonna get together with uh, amazing uh, colleagues and these really passionate students, and we're going to work together to think about ways in which the administration and the Gen Ed Council and Gen Ed, the Gen Ed structure would be open to uh, integrating uh, uh, ideas about diversity, equity, and inclusion, particularly to responding to, you know, as Alison has already mentioned, this voice that was clearly present in the national conversation and a cry for justice. So for me, it was it was from that perspective. So I didn't have a, a, a clear goal. It was really more of let me work together with others to try and make sense of this and process this and think about how we can integrate this. Yeah, I, I agree, Tolu. I actually think that one of the things about the X-Labs class is that um, thinking about goals <laughs> is actually kind of counterproductive um, because um, one of the really wonderful things about the course is that because it's driven by collaboration among faculty and students, there was you, there was this was an exercise in, in seeding a little bit of control, um, right? We had these issues and questions, right? We had a, a, you know, a problem in front of us, which is how can gen ed, um, how is gen ed currently engaging with diversity equity and inclusion and how could we be better at it um, but beyond that um, and you know and of course we designed a syllabus but a lot of this was about moving with the students and trying to figure out where they wanted to go and where where they wanted to take the conversation and being uh support for those efforts and so you know i think going into it for me as well it was really about if there was a goal it was a goal to have a, a create a space our students talked a lot about safety places um 
uh, where they feel safe and unsafe on campus. Um, and, you know, we can talk, <laughs> you know, probably in more detail about, you know, um, the way the connotations of the word safe. But in our case, it was important for me and the goal for me was always on making sure that there was a space among other spaces on campus where we could have these kinds of conversations um, without fear of any kind of retribution. Um, and that, that, that sort of trumped everything else. I really um, uh, appreciate hearing um, you all, your perspectives. Um, I would also agree that um, one of the things that I valued, I greatly valued within this experience was having the opportunity to collaborate um, with other amazing faculty members, but to also collaborate with the students and really center uh, their visions um, and um, embrace this practice of imagination. Um, because, you know, sometimes whenever you're, you approach like an issue or something that may have a blank canvas it can feel very overwhelming um, to say, well, how do we fix this problem? And how, um, like, what does it feel like to uh, go through this journey with a lot of questions and not a lot of parameters? Um, but at the same time, there's something that's really exciting about that. And um, it was quite fascinating to uh, see that journey, not just with the students, but also for us as faculty members in um, in trying to break down these parameters, um, uh, but also recognizing that there are some concrete parameters within um, within within the class, and so there was at times kind of this tug and pull of saying, yes, I would love to be able to uh, dream without parameters and, you know, create these visions that uh, don't, uh, where we can completely rebuild. But the fact of the matter remains is that there are real barriers that are in front of us. And um, I found it to, um, there, there was something um, about that journey, um, like between experiencing that as faculty members and also with students, uh, that that I truly appreciated. So everything that everyone has said has really resonated with me that so much of it was about collaboration and process. And I think you can even see that looking in our initial our initial course objectives and goals that were co-created with students before the class even began in the fall. Um, and and so I think you know that the goals you know for the course were really about just deepening our, our understanding, but also, you know, thinking, deepening our understanding about pedagogies and scholarship that exists, but also about the systems and structures that we have and how we can navigate them um, collectively and collaboratively towards change. Thank you all so much for those really impactful answers. Um, can you 
we've talked a little bit about how um, the class was really a collaborative effort between both students and faculty. Can you talk a little bit about how the course has been received both from the university and the community? I would say at the very least, it's it's very hard to <laughs> it's very hard to get a clear sense of how how our course is being perceived, given that we're uh, uh, on the inside. But I mean, I think we can share um, because of the way that the course was structured and because of the way that we committed to involving as many people as we could in terms of students, but also administrators and faculty. Um, the faculty support for the course was um, was really something very astounding. We sent out a, a preliminary message to faculty who we thought might be interested in just sort of serving as supporters for what we were doing and resources for our students. Um, and I want to say we had over 80 uh, faculty sign on and support. We've also we also had faculty visit the class. We had um, a variety of in-person sessions as well as um, uh, other kinds of sessions that that enabled students to engage with with faculty and administrators. And in all of those cases, I think what was helpful <laughs> was that the students got a sense of the pockets of support for what they're doing um, from all over campus. Um, and that's not to say the conversations were easy, especially with general education council, who you know have a very systematic and structured way of approaching these issues, um, and that that proved to be kind of a challenge for our students. Um, but at the same time, I think there were also lots of moments where there was uh, a sort of understanding of a shared desire for something to change, which was really kind of wonderful to see. Um, that is also not to say that we didn't have some negative attention drawn to us. Um, personally speaking, um, I had a few um, slightly harassing emails about the content of the course from somebody who was not affiliated with the university but had you know located the course title and because the title had the word anti-racist in it um, it created a little bit of uh, a problem <laughs> um, but we were committed to to keeping that name in the course because we don't want to shy away from the, those issues um, I don't know if anybody else wants to pick up on other moments of um, reception of the course. I don't know if anybody has anything to, to add. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I think you, I think you captured it very nicely, Alison. Uh, I, I just got a sense that there was a, um, a, a deep ambivalence. Uh, you know, on one hand, there were lots of faculty who were uh, excited about this opportunity, who uh, we're looking for a space to discuss uh, what they could do and how we could move forward. And I, I still get that sense. It's a very strong one. Uh, but the, on the other hand, I think there are also folks who are um, uh, not completely convinced uh, that this is necessary at this time or have different interpretations of, of what DEI would mean. Um, and uh, there are even, you know, as Alton pointed out, examples of this hostility coming from outside of campus and uh, uh, so there, 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 there was a deep sense of, of ambivalence but I think for anybody who does this kind of work that was sort of the expectation. Uh, I do think that the folks who were positively valenced towards what we're doing were um, willing to be allies and spokespeople and uh, willing to step up and 
and tell us the truth about the experiences and some of the difficulties of, of doing this kind of uh, interventionist pedagogical work. Um, and, uh, um, you know, I, I'm not sure how, what else to live with, like, how else to, to, to wrap up the description of this, except to, to say that it was, it was ambivalent. I think what I want to stress is um, um, how the people who said that they desired to support, meaning faculty members and even staff, um, folks who said that they're in, they were in, and they were willing to um, give up some of their time to, you know, either be panelists within the class or to provide feedback um, within uh, the process of creating the intervention um, and to also provide support in quite uh, meaningful ways. And one of the things that, and what that tells me is that there is quite a potential force here at JMU um, in collaboration between students, faculty members, and staff that are committed to not only DEI, um, but committed to this idea of transformation and um, systemic structural transformation that uh, explicitly address um, um, different uh, inequitable barriers um, or inequitable practices that take place. Um, and I, I don't want that to be lost uh, because um, there are some incredible faculty members, staff members, and students that um, desire to have um, systemic shifts and um, are able to collectively come together and say, this class is important. And um, if they're able to say this class is important, right, or this intervention is important, then, you know, the sky's the limit it, uh, with regards to the type of tangible change that can take place, right, in collaboration between faculty, staff, and students. There's incredible power. Um, and uh, that should not be lost within within this experience. Well said, Amy. Well, thank you all for sharing your experience, the, the good and the bad. Um, and you've given us a general understanding of the outline of the course and its goals and opportunities for collaboration, as well as um, its ability to um, attempts to create um, spaces for discussion. Could you walk us through what this looked like in the classroom? Like what was a typical day in the classroom like? I wonder if we could back up um, just before we talk about what the classroom looked like, um, you know, because much of the work also happened uh, because this was a collaboratively taught space with faculty meeting weekly um, and really thinking about how we could best structure the environment um, to support successful learning. Um, and and work within the classroom environment. And so I, you know, I think it, it, it wasn't just a typical day, it was a typical week in a lot of ways. 
um, and that you know we would we would gather weekly and talk about um, you know where we were at in the class and you know where you know how we could structure to to best continue the work moving forward to think about the opportunities that we had um, whether it was within the classroom or externally and I think you know having that communication among faculty was really important um, and then also you know we had a lot of communication that occurred through um, that with students um, using our, our Slack channel for the course. And, and so it wasn't just, you know, again, it just wasn't in the classroom. There, there were other ways that, that we were working a lot behind the scenes in order to um, build trust and facilitate communication um, so that we could work to so that so that we were able to work to the best um, of our abilities. Thank you for mentioning that, Kara. I completely agree. Um, the classroom began in our weekly meetings and ran through our Slack conversations, through our shared documents. Uh, but when we got into class, um, I like to think that uh, you know we we're, were dealing with heavy topics and. Uh, but we, I think we always like to start with joy. Uh, so, you know, a number of times Amy would uh, put some music on before the class began and would all just be be there and talking to students about how they, they, they were doing. Um, in terms of what we actually did, uh, you know, we did a lot, it was very discussion focused. Uh, uh, our classroom itself is very distributed, uh, given the context within which the class was occurring, which is, you know, the global pandemic, uh, folks would join us over Zoom, so we'd set up a Zoom link and people would, would, would link in if they were unable to make it to class. Um, and because of the space that we were in physically, uh, we were able to you know, move the chairs around in a, uh, a non-hierarchical way, and uh, we had multiple screens everywhere, so we used the screens to project different things on them. Uh, sometimes there would be a back channel going on with, with Slack, and one of us be, would, would be on that communicating with students over Slack or trying to summarize where our conversations were going. And in many ways, we were reacting in real time to how the students were making sense of the material, how they were making sense of their experiences, how they were processing uh, their own recounting of their time in Jeanette and the other classes they had taken and what they would have liked to see and, and perhaps how we could reimagine a, a different kind of future that would be more hopeful for, for learning. Uh, so, our, I, you know, we, we dealt with heavy topics, certainly, but I, I like to think that our classroom was a, a joyous space. And as Alton had said, we, we tried to make it very welcoming and safe and uh, uh, in many, many ways, uh, responsive to students as much as we, we could be. I would just add to that, that over the course of the semester, the, what our kind of activities look like changed, because I think, you know, early on in the semester, we were a little bit heavier on reading, right? We wanted to have a context for thinking about the issues of anti-racism and anti-discrimination in, you know, higher ed in general, in general education programs elsewhere, and also just a, a level of comfort with the language um, that we would be using to kind of um, explore and 
advocate for more um, attention to these issues. Uh, but as the semester went on, we had, you know, a, a period where we had a lot of guest visitors <laughs> um, and almost felt like we never had enough time to finish any of our conversations because they were all so fascinating. And then by the end of the semester, students were fully just working on putting together their proposal and, and thinking through in, in groups how they could contribute to a, a thoroughly researched and, and well-supported um, idea that they could present to the Gen Ed Council. So it really kind of transformed over the course of the semester as well. Could you guys talk a little bit more about the collaborative effort and the responsive uh, design of the class? That's it's not always something that's easy to do um, in a classroom and in a university, especially with four different co-facilitators and guest speakers. Um, so could you talk a little bit about how that uh, how that worked in terms of your planning and also just how effective that was for the course subject? Sure. I mean. Um, uh... I mean, um, within um, a responsive uh, um, a responsive environment, um, uh, there can be challenges, right? And I feel as though uh, one of the challenges that we uh, experienced was uh, the challenge of, uh, you know, a finite amount of time. And as Allison alluded to, um, uh, just a moment ago, there, there, uh, like whenever we had the opportunity to hear from fellow faculty members, um, uh, it it was inc it was incredible, you know, to be able to hear and connect to faculty members in that way, um, uh, and um, I. It, but we just wish we had more time um, uh, with regards to be able to um, have a full um, uh, to have full discussions to be able to uh, process uh, what our guests were talking about or to also process um, our um, our readings. Um, and so I would say one of the challenges uh, that that we had um, was time because we uh, within a responsive uh, environment we're trying to also respond to uh, the pacing uh, that the students have as well right and so wanting to make sure that you know if they have further questions um, with a particular um, concept or uh, being with uh, particular guests we want to make sure that there's time to fully answer those questions and um, and at times you know um, it in in if we spend more time you know with processing then we have less time with uh, creating the intervention or you know vice versa um, but um, uh, the advantage of being able to be in a responsive environment and something that is kind of organic is that uh, you can go in directions that you would have never guessed. Um, and um, and that's also something that's quite rewarding. The only thing I'll add to that is just this is only possible because of the temperament of the faculty. So from a collaborative viewpoint, I think giving the faculty who were teaching this class, uh, because we're, we're sharing responsibility and uh, it was very non-hierarchical in the way we managed the class, 
um, you needed a group of faculty who were temperamentally suited to collaboration. And I, I, I feel very, very lucky to have worked with uh, uh, these amazing women. And, uh, you know, there was very little, I don't think we, we spent, we ever spent any time arguing about who was going to do what or how it was going to be run, or we didn't have any personality conflicts. We didn't have any issues around uh, what, what it is we're trying to accomplish. And, and uh, you know, having worked on other collaborations before, uh, I know that that is not always the case. So uh, it, a lot of the, the the reason why the course ran as well as it did without any conflict from the faculty team, I think was because of the temperaments of the faculty who were involved in this. Well, thank you all so much for sharing with us. I think we have just sort of one more question to wrap this up, but, um, and it's sort of a big one, but um, we're wondering how has teaching this course affected the way that you view the diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts on campus? Has it changed the way you view them? Um, have you discovered anything through this process of, of teaching this class, of crafting this class about these efforts on campus that you'd like to share? One thing I can say um, is that um, my experience um, in this class uh, has given me the opportunity to realize how much I love collaborating with other faculty members and how uh, how much I miss it already. And it has, you know, we've only been a few months out from finishing up the class. Um, because I think one of the things that was really wonderful about being in this um, collaborative environment, working with people who are, you know, experts in their fields and also committed to the value of what we were trying to do was that um, I never felt alone. And I think given the pandemic and given the way that um, sometimes issues that get labeled as political can 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 isolate people from one another, um, it can be very easy to kind of slide into a sense of being on your own. Um, and I think that, you know, in a university environment, just more broadly speaking, I think the, the idea that we're all siloed and we're all separate and we're all working on our individual research projects and, and serving our own individual needs as we kind of make our way on the tenure track or off the tenure track, that um, it, it is really wonderful to be reminded that there is another way to do this. There is another way to think about what a university can be when we give ourselves opportunities or we seek out or we even make opportunities um, to to really be with one another um, uh, both in the classroom and in our our, our commitments um, to you know to the to the values and and the mission of the university so um, you know I think that's and that's the other thing I'll say too is that I think issues like diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice on a college campus um, are not issues that we can we can solve in our little silos. Um, and uh, and I'm hopeful that that a course like this gives other people an opportunity to imagine ways that we can actually move forward um, in in creating real structural change, not just in Gen Ed, but but a kind of across the the university system as a whole, um, and to be able to 
look out at a sea of faculty and see people who I know are going to be accomplices in that work, um, it's a really it's a really wonderful feeling, um, and it gives you the gives you the uh, that little bit of boost of energy just to to keep working even when things get hard. Well said, Allison. I wonder if I could share feedback from students, <laughs> um, because to me, so much of this was about them and creating the space um, for for them to make sure that their voices were heard. And I think that's really some something that not only JMU um, has an opportunity for growth, but also campuses across the country and really taking seriously the idea of students as co-creators and co-implementers in their own um, learning and education processes and and taking seriously student voices, not co-opting student voices, but taking seriously um, their imagination and their ideas as we make our way towards uh, more just, more inclusive, more equitable um, uh, learning environments. Um, so if I could, maybe I'll just share a reflection or two from the students. Um, one of the most important things that I have learned over the course of this semester has been the need for diversity on college campuses all over the country. It is just an initial piece of what is needed to bring about lasting and effective change. Many colleges promote diversity, but many do not actually take the necessary steps to ensure equity and inclusion are also factors that come into, that come into fruition in the content of their courses and in other aspects of university life. Anti-racist teachings, anti-oppressive teachings have a place in schools, whether or not many whether or not many do not still do not yet see why, especially on college campuses that desire to prepare young adults for holding meaningful positions in an ever-evolving society. And sharing student experiences is one of the better ways I have seen that could convince more people of this. We also had a student who reflected that the most important thing I learned is that the creation of a learning environment where students feel safe and free of judgment due to race and discrimination is more than possible. This matters because it shows that the effect, the effect of the work we did in this class and the overall importance of including and valuing traditionally minoritized ideas and contributions within the classroom setting. And finally, I'll share, I learned how to talk to groups of adults in positions of power and how to prepare to present to people in a professional way about something that is so important I learned a lot about institutional barriers that prevent change from happening. I learned how to conduct myself in a room when adults in the room do not respect our position. I learned a lot how, to, how education systems perpetuate oppression, which is valuable, especially to me as a future educator. And so to me, I think that was the, those are just some examples of the greatest, um, just some of the examples of the importance of this work, um, and and again, working collaboratively with with faculty and students together. Thanks so much for sharing um, uh, the students' uh, words, Kara. Appreciate that. Um, one of the things uh, that this course has um, 
um, uh, ways that this course has affected me is um, realizing, uh, and I want to reiterate what I said earlier with regards to um, power and influence um, that we have as a collective. Um, the students that were in this class, uh, it was a range of students uh, from all across the university, from many different uh, colleges, right? From, uh, from arts to Cal, um, I believe business represented too. Um, and there was also a variety of levels of student involvement, right? So there were students that um, had plenty of experience of perhaps leading student organizations, and there were students that may not have been as involved with student orgs, um, but they all had a space here. And um, they were all able to um, participate in this type of uh, like collective power, collective influence, and and um, and it remind it reminds me of of how you know we can identify you know what it is that we desire and uh, we can um collectively go for those things um and we don't necessarily need to have admin approval um uh, or just thinking about how uh the leading for change um um, is at the grassroots level or at the level where folks are most um, most affected. And you know, I think about you know, you know, imagining things that um, uh, that would benefit so many folks. So, like for example, last week we had uh, the incredible AAAD conference, which was um, an incredible success. Uh, but some students and/or staff members may not have been able to participate uh, because you know uh, because of you know regularly scheduled courses. You know, what if uh, within triple when the AAAD conference takes place? right there there's no classes right for those days i mean i mean and right immediately you might go to the different barriers that might prevent that from happening but with um uh, with the incredible force that is the faculty staff and students i mean it's it is plausible to be able to um, create that type of change, right? Where we can identify whatever barriers are in place, right? And saying, okay, yeah, we're committed to AAAD. We're committed to this idea of transformational change. We're so committed to that, that we will not have classes during the conference. I mean, how incredible would that be for a space like JMU? Um, and so, I mean, this class has uh, definitely affected me in many ways. And um, as I said before, I'm just thoroughly grateful for it all. Thank you so much for that. Uh, we'll we'll close out on a on a lighter question. Um, would you guys teach this course again? Absolutely. Hundred oh, percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks. Have a lovely rest of the day.
this episode of AAAD Presents Good Trouble. If you would like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at at AAADJMU. If you would like to send us an email, you can find us at AAADstudies at jmu.edu. All of the music used in this recording was written and recorded by Nick Branson. Thank mm-hmm. you.